You are listening to WPR Wrestling Public Radio, Episode 9. Hello, and welcome to Wrestling Public Radio, the podcast for wrestling fans who don't like loud noises. I'm your host, Crystal, and I want to thank you all for your continued listenership and support. Today's episode is sponsored by Collect and Destroy, a podcast and online toy shop based around the best toys, cartoons, video games, heavy metal, and horror. Look for Collect and Destroy on all social media and streaming platforms, or visit collectxdestroy.com. On today's episode, we're giving a breakdown of Hulk Hogan's Rockin' Wrestling animated series from the 80s. Sources for today's episode include Wikipedia, Pro Wrestling Wiki, 80s Tunes, TV Tropes, Wonder Weird, and IMDb. Picture yourself at nine years old. It's a crisp Saturday morning in September. The year is 1985. You just poured yourself a bowl of C-3PO's cereal and are seated on the floor in front of the family television. You turn the dial on the TV and it click, click, clicks over to CBS so you can watch some Saturday morning cartoons. You slept in a bit, so you've sadly missed the Berenstain, or was it Berenstein, bears, and Wuzzles, but you've managed to make it in time for Muppet Babies and Little Monsters. Once you've had your fill of Muppetry, though, a cartoon debuts like none you've ever seen before. A piano intro kicks in, and there's an animated auditorium type of building on the screen. But then, it cuts to live-action footage of your favorite wrestler of all time. Remember, this is the 80s, and you're only 9 years old, and don't know his future transgressions. Then, it cuts to an animated version of Hulk Hogan, only to be joined by animated versions of a whole crew of wrestlers that you recognize. The intro then transitions to another live action shot of Hogan in his ring gear, only this time he's walking down a city street and quickly becomes surrounded by a horde of adoring Hulkamaniacs. The music is raging as a graphic across the screen reads, Hulk Hogan's Rockin' Wrestling. The 80s were essentially Hulk Hogan's decade. Today, we live in a world where there's so much content available for consumption that it would be almost expected for one to say they've never heard of the biggest wrestling superstar today. But in the 80s, the top wrestling stars were also the biggest celebrities nationwide. Hulk Hogan had wrestled for WWF briefly from 1979 to 1980, and then took some time away to wrestle for both New Japan Pro Wrestling and the American Wrestling Association, AWA. However, after Vincent K. McMahon took over his father's company, he knew he wanted Hulk Hogan to return as a sort of showpiece as he was determined to expand the company into a nationwide promotion. Hogan quickly rose to celebrity status after rejoining WWF in 1983 and a nation subsequently entered its Hulkamania era. 
Hulk Hogan's ring gear was a vibrant red and yellow combination that was eye-catching on its own. With the addition of his giant muscles, blonde silken hair, and skin of a hot dog, he truly captivated audiences. To draw a comparison to more current events so that people born after the 80s have an idea of just how much Hulk Hogan's character connected with fans, I'll point out that John Cena has done more meetings with children via Make-A-Wish requests than anyone in its history. In the 80s, however, Hulk Hogan was the most requested person to grant those wishes for children. He also notably had a list of demandments that included training, saying your prayers, and eating your vitamins. I can't speak as to how many children were impacted by this, but it feels noteworthy that he was once the voice that parents trusted to get their children to be good, so to speak. It was for these and many other reasons that he received his own animated series on CBS in a prime Saturday morning cartoons slot to ensure kids were able to tune in each week. The show ran from 1985 to 1986, and reruns ran regularly until summer 1987. Hulk Hogan's Rockin' Wrestling was animated and produced by DIC Animation City, which contributed other great works to society such as ALF, the animated series, The Real Ghostbusters, Captain Planet and the Planeteers, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures, and Sabrina, the animated series. Rockin' Wrestling featured the animated adventures of not only Hulk Hogan, but also a slew of other babyface big names who teamed up with him to battle a crew of heel wrestlers led by none other than Rowdy Roddy Piper. The teams essentially broke down as follows. For the good guys standing alongside Hulk Hogan, there was Junkyard Dog, Captain Lou Albano, Andre the Giant, Wendy Richter, Jimmy Superfly Snuka, Hillbilly Jim, and Tito Santana. Alongside bad boy Roddy Piper were the Iron Sheik, Nikolai Volkov, the fabulous Moolah, Big John Studd, and Mr. Fuji. As was custom in children's cartoons of the time, each episode revolved around a story where the good guys end up victorious against the bad guys, but only after a series of wacky adventures. Wrestling itself was seldom mentioned throughout the show, and their established wrestling personas were used as more of a designation as to whether they were heel or face characters. However, the sometimes cringeworthy stereotypes known to have existed in professional wrestling back in the day were inflated even further, as we highlighted in episode 8 of this podcast when we briefly spoke about Junkyard Dog's character in the Rock and Wrestling series. The animated portions of the series had brief live-action comedy vignettes peppered throughout, which consisted of the actual wrestlers filmed portraying themselves. However, they did not provide the voices for their animated counterparts, likely due to the exhausting travel schedules that wrestlers have. The cast of voice actors was actually quite charming, though, including 
Brad Garrett of Everybody Loves Raymond fame as the voice of Hulk Hogan, and James Avery of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air fame as the voice of Junkyard Dog. As I poked around the cast credits for the show, it was also noted that Louis Arquette was the voice of Jimmy Superfly Snuka. Seeing that his last name matched that of Deathmatch King, okay, that's a bit of a stretch maybe, but he did wrestle a deathmatch. What I'm trying to say is Louis Arquette shares the same last name as actor and professional wrestler David Arquette, and as it turns out, Louis was the father of David. This discovery was just the dose of serotonin I needed as I was wrapping up research on this episode. The Arquette wrestling bloodline is strong. As a result of its animated nature and longer turnaround times for production of each episode, the storylines within Rock and Wrestling couldn't run congruent with kayfabe storylines as they played out in real time in professional wrestling. This resulted in certain situations where a wrestler would turn heel on televised live-action programming while their animated counterpart remained a babyface, sweet as can be. There were also a couple instances where personas, whose contracts with WWF had ended, remained on the show as a result of the lag in airtime for the animated series, including Jimmy, Superfly Snuka, and Wendy Richter. Rockin' Wrestling ran for just two seasons, each consisting of 13 30-minute episodes, if you include commercial breaks. Some episodes ran the full 30 minutes on their own, while other times the 30-minute time slot was broken into two 15-minute short episodes. Throughout both seasons, the number of episodes totaled 26, while the total number of cartoons contained within the episodes was 39. WWE owns the rights to the entirety of Hulk Hogan's Rockin' Wrestling series, and it was announced in spring of 2015 that all of the episodes would be added to the WWE Network, the streaming service that WWE had at the time. However, only three months later, Hulk Hogan was caught up in controversy over previous use of the N-word whereupon he was fired by WWE, and all references to him, including the cartoon, were removed from WWE Network and appear to be missing from the Peacock streaming platform still today. Hulk Hogan was later removed from the blacklist with WWE. Moving right along, one may come to a quick conclusion as to why Vincent K. McMahon eventually adopted the term sports entertainment, for what WWF offers its viewers, once shows like Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling became a part of the company's portfolio. Even today, WWE continues to release animated short movies, and they've also released other animated series like Camp WWE as a way to connect with younger audiences. And with that, we wrap up episode 9 of Wrestling Public Radio. I hope you enjoyed learning a bit about a short-lived but impactful little cartoon based on real-life wrestlers. I want to thank you for listening to today's episode of Wrestling Public Radio. 
If you haven't already, I encourage everyone to check out our mini-sode series here on Wrestling Public Radio. It's called Whispering Shoots, and it consists of your favorite wrestling promos delivered word for word in a relaxing environment, speaking further truth to Wrestling Public Radio being the place for wrestling fans who don't like loud noises. If you enjoy Wrestling Public Radio and what we bring to the wrestling community, there are lots of ways to show your appreciation. From Apple Podcast reviews to likes, follows, and subscriptions, to even sponsoring an episode as a business, creator, individual, or group, there are affordable options to help keep these episodes coming. I can be found on Twitter at WPR Media or Facebook and Instagram at Wrestling Public Radio. I also stream on Twitch every Thursday night from about 6.30 to 8 p.m. Eastern Time at X the Dark Crystal X, where we talk wrestling and try new foods. You can also become a monthly supporter of the podcast through the anchor link provided in the show notes. Monthly supporters help me be able to continue producing content here on the podcast and also on my various social media and streaming platforms. You also get a shout out on a future podcast episode for signing up to be a supporter in addition to my eternal gratitude. Until next time, friend, I'll close by thanking you once more for joining me today as we explored 80s animation and how wrestling capitalized on the marketing opportunities that animation offered. Join us next time for more tales of the wrestling world and how pop culture and the world around us shape storylines. This is Crystal Schmidt signing off for Wrestling Public Radio. Good night. Thank you.